Welcome tonight, it's Pastor Kevin Lee Kello, and this is New Testament Church of the Firstborn. We're glad to see you tonight, glad to be back with you. I had unfortunately uh, gotten some food poisoning, and last week I was deathly sick and ill, but the prayers of the saints avail in my behalf, and after some uh, real serious suffering, uh, everything came out of my system, and I've been in recuperate. Re, I've been recuperating and recuperate, uh, not potpourri, but that's recuperate. I've been recovering uh, in my recuperations, and I'm glad to be here tonight, and I'm glad to be back with you. I pray that you find tonight's teaching edifying, comprehensive, fundamental, and foundational to the cycles of the Spirit of God that move through us to perfect that which concerns us. And this is going to be something that God will be, as His Spirit does, cycling through you consistently in your communing with the Lord. As you worship, as you pray, as you meditate, as you find God partaking of you and you partaking of God, you'll find that God is forever consciously purging your conscience to motivate you into the good works or the doings or the deeds of occupying until He comes. And that is a boots on the ground Saints at work, born again, witnessing, living, loving, forgiving, without violence, without force, including and reaching our arms out to a larger and larger humanity that is in need of the one church ideal. We're one church. We're not just a specific branch. We're one body in Christ. And no matter how different or unique an individual is, God put you together with us and us together with you. The us idea is a God idea. He loves all of us. The good, the bad, the ugly, the indifferent, your favorite in-laws, the worst outlaws, the brothers and sisters that you do get along with, the ones that are difficult to say at least, those who carry great light, like Sister White, uh, we appreciate her and love her so much. And, uh, of course, we pray for Alexander and her whole family. She's a prolific lady with uh, lots of children and grandchildren, and she's such a hard worker. And, uh, gosh, couldn't, couldn't ask for better uh, when it comes to, uh, you've got Michelle, Diane, Sister Lynn, uh, I mean, we're, we're, we're on target. Praise God. So uh, we appreciate uh, Brother Israel tonight is with the posse. Uh, uh, his two younger brothers are with him, and they're still arguing who's taller. And it depends on who gets a haircut. One of them got a buzz cut, so I think he's coming a little bit under right now, but I'm not sure. Anyway, welcome. Welcome is the salutation of Pastor Kello 
uh, welcome to all of our uh, friends, uh, Jonathan and Ricky and uh, uh, Josh Wood and Samantha. And uh, we want you to continue to pray for us and our ministry down south uh, towards Alabama Way. We've got Brother Greg Gillum, uh, his church in ministry. And, uh, and then more specifically, more closely related, is my dear friend and pastor, Raymond D. and Ann B. Burroughs of Faith Temple. Yes, we, we say hello to them and we love them. And we're certainly glad for the confederacy and the relationship that we have one with another, that we are related to them, as well as up the road, Robert Mitchell had to fly out two days later. And he should be around in the Kenya area of the eastern coast, uh, the eastern side of the African continent right now, ministering. So uh, he has flown out to that continent. Risky time to do it. Uh, with war and everything else taking place. He needs our prayers. Rita and his family. Uh, brother Robert is a excellent, excellent brother in the Lord, loving man of God, a graceful man of God. And um, we want to remember as they're continuing to get stronger and stronger again, they, uh, they got it before I did. But Ty and Teresa Mobley, who also came through a, a short season of food poisoning, Tough stuff, that food poison. Ah, yeah, yeah. I would frown too. That's correct, Sister White. I'm, I'm wearing a big, un, my unhappy face. I was one unhappy camper. So my emoji was thumbs down. Yuck. But anyway, and then off to the, uh, uh, if we were to jut out to the west and uh, heads towards Tennessee, uh, they're getting ready for their camp meeting, Roy and Amanda Wood. So we acknowledge them and we pray that that turns out to be substantive uh, in the area of, of real Bible information and teaching. And God grace them with such revelation, inspiration, and enlightenment that is motivational to go and live the life of Christ. That's where we're going tonight. So... Uh, those are just a few names. And then way up north where they're finally experiencing some warmth at the Redeeming Life uh, campus and ministry. Uh, that is James and Sheila Potter, our friends. And uh, there is the emeritus overseer, teacher, uh, and uh, wonderful man of God uh, who's gone about the globe establishing, starting, missionary work, churches, uh, or, or, ordaining ministers, and just been responsible for sharing the gospel for over 50 years, Dr. Pat Hayes, so uh, and his wife, Chella, and his family. So we acknowledge that. Also out in Tennessee, I don't want to ever forget, uh, Shane Real and Rhonda Real. Uh, they are really my friends. Uh, brother and sister real put a while on the end of it and they are really my friends so uh, I just want to acknowledge that because I like them uh, and, and I think they like me which is, which is unique unique so if you have any prayers tonight continue to pray uh, God help uh, our globe uh, and the Ukrainians that are fighting for their freedoms and their liberties 
they have been uh, wrongly invaded by a war criminal and I think it's high time that this invasion is seen as nothing less than a global war crime. Innocent blood is being shed right now. And people's homes, they're displaced. Millions are being moved out of where they've had their environment, where they've developed a culture. We want to pray for their, uh, uh, their president and their nation, Zelensky, that uh, he remains alive and protected and that God gives them the victory uh, as much as they did for Israel in their seven-day war, that God just works a miracle and through the treasures of the snow that God sends his angels to just put to stop this over 40-mile convoy of weapons and equipment uh, as they try to wrongly overtake land that no longer belongs and should never belong to Russia again. So I want you to pray for those families. They need our prayers. They need our compassion and love. So I hope you have a heart for it uh, because, again, those are real people. And they are seeing what the world does. They are using violence and force to wrongly take things that do not belong to them. That's why we, the church, do not use violence and force. We are not a violent people. We are not a forceful people. Not even in spirit. No, we don't have violent spirits. We don't have forceful spirits. We don't have overly aggressive, assertive. Uh, we are kind, merciful, long-suffering, patient, meek, like me, that big picture there. Meekness, my picture comes out. Submission to God, that's what that means. Because Moses was also said to be the meekest man and he was no weakling. Stood in front of Pharaoh and gave the commands of God uh, into the ear of his prophet. At that time, Aaron, who was said to be uh, a good spokesman because Moses uh, had claimed the impediment of slow speech, even though that wasn't the case. So go with me to, in prayer tonight. We want to pray for... Uh, the Ukrainians, and the defeat, the utter defeat. God just put a stop to it of Vladimir Putin. And um, just pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, we lift up an entire nation, a nation, God, a nation to you. These people who need families, mothers, grandmothers, fathers, sons, babies, God, that are being displaced right now through the war crimes of Vladimir Putin. God, put a stop to him. God, send your angels and put a halt to this aggression and this violence and this uh, bloodletting through this ungodly murderer. God, send your protection for the people and send the treasures of snow. God, freeze them up as you did in World War II. Send a, a just a beyond Arctic cold to stop all of his machinery and freeze them on the spot. God, the treasures of God, send a call to the seasons and the creation, God. Work in the favor of the Ukrainian people. God, as you control the heavens and the earth, Lord, we pray today that 
You send forth your angels, uh, lest at any time these people should uh, be hurt or, or be molested or murdered or killed by this war criminal. God, have mercy over the nation of Ukraine, Kiev, and Kharkiv, and all Chernobyl's and the other cities that they are unlawfully stealing and robbing and breaking your commandments. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, be merciful to the kind, and God, show forth your strength in a real act of grace. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you for praying with me. I felt your spirit praying with me. That's very important. United together by God. If you have your Bibles, gents, get one. Uh, we'll be in Hebrews chapter 6. That's the New Testament. And as we've been teaching, there were in the Gospels, the Synoptic Gospels, as identified, seven unclean spirits after God saves a person, cleanses a person, and uh, casts wrong behaviors and wrong thinking and wrong ideals out of a person's heart. When he comes to your temple, sweeps it, cleans it, and garnishes it. It is absolutely incumbent that we get filled with better ideas than what we had been living. Our old ideas were corrupt. Our old ideas were wrong. They were errant. We did not know what we were doing. But now it is absolutely incumbent, responsible. You should feel the need of being filled with God's ideas. Now he said, if you don't do this, if you don't get filled with better ideas, then seven more worse ideas will come back to your temple, finding it cleaned and garnished and swept, and they'll move back in. And the latter end of that state of that person will be worse than before they were clean. So tonight we want to show you what are the fundamental truths once you are born again, what is God going to be cycling through you in your communing with God as you pray, as you worship, and as you meditate or think. These are the things that the new nature, the new spirit of God will be cycling through you. This is the real quality. Matter of fact, Hebrews says it like this. Hebrews chapter 9, and uh, I'm going to piece it together uh, in the Christ elements of Hebrews 9, 11, 12, and 14. Now, what I won't be reading is the backdrop of the law, but I will be reading the Christ of each one of these scriptures. Hebrews chapter 9, 11, 12, and 14. Thank you for keeping up on your phones. I know that's what you're doing. Bible on the phone. Way to go, guys. Excellent. So verse 11 said, But Christ, with the backdrop of all the animal sacrifices and drink offerings and everything that was going on in the temple, but Christ, 180 degrees, being come a high priest, being come a high priest, of good things to come, 
He became our high priest. Uh, Jesus was in the becoming of being perfected. And he became our high priest of good things to come to us by a greater and a more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands. That is to say, not of this first building or structure, the temple made by Moses, but by his own body. Now find in verse 12, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Verse 14, uh, second half of that verse. And why did he do this? The redemption was to purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. The Spirit of God, the new nature, is your motivator. How can you be born again and not be motivated to have a living conscience to do the right lifestyle and the right living and to hear the voice of God to say, this is the way, walk ye in it. Many as and then you become the person that is submissive and yielded to the Holy Spirit so you can be led by the Holy Spirit. These are your motives. Motives. This is what inspires us. My conscience that was dead has been purged and it's alive again. And I'm alive again and I'm awake again and I'm aware of the realities of God. I was made for God and God was made for me. I exist for God and God exists for me. I inherited God and God inherited me. See, we're an inseparable idea, God and I. It is my life in God and God's life in me that makes me whole. This is the motivation. Now, if you'll back up a little bit in that same book of Hebrews, back to verse chapter 6, we're going to talk about the fundamental doctrines, as Solomon said in the wisdom of God, that cycle through you constantly. The cycles of the season that cycle over the globe every season. The same cycles of the wind. The same cycles of the spring as we're entering into a very spring-like week here in the Carolinas. Beautiful weather. Better than the cold, wet, rainy uh, stuff we've been going through. Sun's out. People are out. Very motivating should get out in the sun and take in some good old vitamin D. Maybe praise God and get some of that pumping through your veins again. Lovely. It should be lovely all the way through to next Wednesday. Great forecast. I'm forecasting even greater things in God. If the weather has a beautiful forecast, God's forecast for your life is even better. I feel motivated. I feel inspired. I feel like I've been called to rule and reign with Christ here on the face of the earth to show the people of the world what the kingdom of God looks like, lives like, loves like, and sounds like. We're reigning with Him. As kings and priests, we are in authority when we show love. We are in authority when we set the course of the earth 
back right to what God wants it to be. So in Hebrews 6, it said this as we look at it, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, here's the number one idea, God is perfecting that which concerneth you. The Spirit of God is in you and will cycle through you continuously to perfect that which concerneth you. Now, He is my perfecter because I am the imperfect one. And I yield to Him, I open to Him in an equal yoke welcoming God's inspiration, God's insight, God's light into every area of my darkness. And I've had a few dark nooks and crannies in my temple. Unlike the rest of people that are just full of light from the start, I only had a small beginning. But I don't despise the day of small beginnings. It's been growing ever since. Christ, the light of God, the truth of God, the reality of God, like Peter said in his second epistle, I've been growing in grace and in the knowledge of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because I have found the grace of God an inspirational teacher teaching me these seven fundamental ideas, seven ideas. And the one is, he is perfecting that which concerneth me, and as he perfects me, I become more of a witness and a light of what he would like to do in you if you would pay attention to it. And I'm paying attention tonight, as you are. I know you came to tune in. Diane said, let's go to church. I feel good. I'm ready to get some feasting from the table of the Lord. I'm ready to eat some of the bread of heaven, maybe a few slices of of steak and meat and uh, drink a little bit of the beautiful washing and white milk to go with it, wash it down with some uh, praise and thanksgiving and we welcome her hunger and thirst tonight. Blessed are ye that hunger and thirst because you shall be filled. You see, the hungry soul, uh, to the hungry soul, every bitter thing is sweet. As long, even if it's a correction, or reproof, at least God told me how to get it right. But the full soul, it's the person that thinks they're already there, the full soul who thinks they already know everything, they become the foolish person. They loathe honey and the honeycomb. They loathe the teaching of God. They count the preaching of the gospel foolishness. It's silly to have God teach you how to relive every aspect in every area of your life. But I welcome God into every aspect of my life. Every single place. Because I know now, more clearly than I've ever known, I need to be a better me. I want to be a better version of how God designed me and what He intended me to be. Because I am His workmanship uh, created in Christ Jesus before the foundation of the world because He has ordained good works that He wants me to do. So I want to be the cleanest, purest version of good fruit, of evidential virtue. Virtue that is evidenced through the victories of Christ that if God did the same thing in me, that will give you faith that if He's done it in me, He also would do it in you. 
That's why the Bible said, seeing these same afflictions, I feel the touch of God, seeing these same afflictions accomplished in the world. If God did it in someone you know, the same God who has the same loving motive will do it in you. Strengthen, settle, and establish you. God has strengthened me. He has finally settled me. And now He's establishing me as His son, His minister, teaching in the way of righteousness. Amen. The doctrine of going on into perfection. We talked about the wisdom, the spirit of wisdom from Isaiah 11. We're going to backtrack into that. Not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. The wisdom is, I know I'm better with God than without God. I know I'm a better person following God, obeying God, seeking God, and praying to God than without. That's why the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And it is a real spirit of wisdom for you to realize that instead of get saved for a while, backslide for a while, get saved for a while, backslide for a while, get saved for a while, backslide for a while, in and out, in and out, in and out, on and off, start and stop, up and down, just constantly like a yo-yo instead of understanding the wisdom is, I really need God. I need God. So now I will cease from my own understanding I will cease from my own wisdom, lean not to my own understanding, and I will begin to acknowledge the Lord in all my ways because I know now more than ever I have made nothing but bad choices until I accepted Jesus Christ and met God my Father, my origin. So now I'm more than willing to acknowledge Him in all my ways and let Him direct my path. That is wisdom. That's the spirit of wisdom that goes with not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. In other words, you say you believe God, but you don't do anything. You have no deeds. You have nothing. You do not show that you're inspired in your witness and in your ruling and reigning. You've got zero to show for your walk with God. Well, uh, you're lacking the spirit of wisdom. And someone who lacks wisdom is unstable in and out, on and off, up and down, unstable in all their ways. Now once you realize this lack, you can acknowledge your lack and then you can ask God because now you've made enough room to have God teach you because you're not acting like you already know it all. I know I don't know it all, but I'm a very, very willing participant and disciple to learn it all. I'm very much so a student that I want to learn from my master. And I am a disciple to my Lord, and my Lord is the Lord Jesus Christ. So I am a servant to my master, and to my own master I stand or fall. So when he speaks, I listen. And I need to learn what he teaches. That's why I gather together around good Bible study good teachers that would be yours truly yes that's right point your hands towards me and say yours truly he's a good teacher he's a good teacher that's right praise God sound teaching sound words that cannot be condemned thanks guys appreciate the little smile the heads up uh, your brother's still thinking about it we make it there he goes 
There he goes. I got some affirmation. Glory to God. We pray for their mother, Deborah. She's taking a house somewhere around Hickory. I think they were discussing in the areas of Fletcher. Is that right, Diane? Uh, they're going to school in Fletcher. We know about Fletcher. Uh, anyway, the next doctrine, perfection is the overall goal. God is perfecting you. And then he uses these six doctrines, fundamental, foundational truths that were laid in you when he laid the only foundation that can be laid, and that's Jesus Christ. When God put a foundation in the bottomless pit of your soul, the part of you that just seems to never be satisfied, never be filled, God put a foundation in and said, Stop. We're going to build from this foundation upward. Everybody say, We're building upward. God is building upwards. If we're going up, it's because we speak the truth in love that we may grow up. So the church is going up. But we're going up by growing up, learning to speak the truth in love that we may grow up into Him who is the head of all things. The head is coming to us and we're growing up into the one head of the church, the preeminent one, the Lord Jesus Christ who leads us and guides us in all truth, in the Spirit, and He is the method of God. He's the method, He's the method by which I got the Holy Ghost. He's the method by which the Father came into my life. He's the method by which I followed the path of water baptism when Father God laid the claim upon my life. He's the name, the method, the way, the truth, the life. He is my God. He is without beginning of days nor end of life. He is the uh, king of righteousness and the king of peace. He is the great high priest of Almighty God that Abraham bowed to and received communion from and then willingly, out of his heart, willingly, as you've given, willingly, gave a tenth of a tithe of all his being, of all his increase. He said, God, I'm going to give it to the people of the Spirit, to the real priesthood of the Most High God. And because of that, Jesus would later reflect and said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day and saw it. And because he saw it, he's alive and alive forevermore. And of course they derided Jesus denying his origins of the Father, denying his originality. They said, well, now we know you're mad. You're not yet 50 years old. And you say, Abraham saw your day. And he said, yeah, he did see my day. I came to him under the priesthood of Melchizedek because that's who I am. and That's who I was ordained to be. And I'm going to prove uh, the way of perfection that I live by being tempted in all points like as ye are yet I'm going to do it without sin. Uh, you're going to find out that I will become the Passover lamb, the human lamb that can be put on a cross, and I'm going to come for the payment of all your sin and to release you from that unlawful marriage to the law that the husbandman of that law, the Moses of that law, in type, picture, and shadow dies to free you 
from the law of that covenant so you can be married to another while you're alive. I have the right to be married to another and I'm married to Jesus Christ now and I might bring forth fruit unto God. Now I have something that can produce fruit. What I was married to the first time, uh, Moses and the law, all that ever produced was death. But now I'm married to a covenant of grace. I'm married to him that rose from the dead. And now we can produce fruit unto God. And I feel the energy, the inspiration, the motivation in the revelation to say so. That's why I'm a minister of New Testament grace. The new covenant is instantiated. The old one was passing away 2,000 years ago. Old and antiquated. He's ready for it to be gone out of the way. Now let the new one stand in. There he is. There's my minister. Hello, Pastor Scott. God bless you. So, and that is the first section. And now we go from the spirit of wisdom to the spirit of understanding of faith towards God. Faith towards God produces understanding. A spirit of understanding. Let's go back to Isaiah 11. Diane's, my wife Diane's listening tonight. She listened to Jimmy Swaggart and all their, their people on the TV all the time. And tonight I am graced that she's listening to me. Isn't it, isn't it wonderful? Isaiah 11 verse 2. She can't say no if she don't because I, I know she does. No, she loves their singing. They have really marvelous singing. Really marvelous, godly people to get up and sing in the Holy Ghost. It is really good. I mean, if you can't feel the Holy Ghost when they're singing, uh, your, your Holy Ghost got broke off or something. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's God. They're a part of us, and they may not accept us, but we do accept them. They're, they are of God. Amen. And some people look at me and say, well, he might be of God. So, you know, uh, I get grandfathered in or something. So anyway, let's look at this. And the Spirit of the Lord shall, there's the resting Spirit of God, the resting, cycling, perfection of God, the Spirit of wisdom that we talked about, that we don't constantly uh, lay again the foundation of repentance because of dead works, get saved, live unsaved, get saved, live unsaved, in and out, in and out, in and out, on and off, start and stop. We need to get in and stay in, Diane. We need to get in and be committed. Get in and get dedicated, committed. Because anything else, you're going to have a spotted and a checkered existence and journey. And then the next, wisdom and understanding, the spirit of. The spirit of understanding. To understand what faith is, is to produce your deeds. When you understand what the Spirit of God wants to do, not in everybody else, but what's He doing in you? That's to motivate you to be His witness and to be His light. If you will, look at that, Spirit of understanding. That is the Spirit of faith towards God. Faith towards God produces this reality, this anointing, this presence in your life. Amen. And if you'll turn back with me now to the Gospels, John chapter 6. 
And I would write all this down because you're getting a good little cluster of grapes here. Good little crust cluster. Jesus has had just one of the best fish fries that's ever been known to humanity. He took five barley loaves, two small fishes, and fed a multitude. And they said, man, that's good fish. <laughs> that's some of the best bread I ever ate. It says like somebody tastes like somebody just created it. Hot out of the oven. Praise God. What a fish fry. Woo! Boy, that was awesome. So everybody sat down to eat, and when they got done, uh, they took up uh, 12 basket loads. Everybody ate all they could. Ate every piece they could, and when they couldn't eat no more, they wound up with more than what they started with. Sounds like God. Everybody say, that sounds like abundance. Amen. And... Uh, verse 14, 614, those men, when they had seen the miracle, the sign, that's what it is, the sign, that Jesus did, said, this is of a truth, that prophet that should come unto the world. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come, and remember, he's not motivated by force or violence, and take him by force. He said, nope, you're not going to take me by force. And uh, my time has not yet come. I am not motivated by your force. I will neither, I will neither, neither. Did you hear that? I heard me say that. I, I will neither be motivated by man's force, nor will I use force or violence to accomplish anything that I do. And when he knew that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone he said not so well uh, jump over now verse 26 well 25 we'll pick up 25 and when they found him because you can read in between you can read in between the gaps make my day Come back and tell me the gap I left out because I could read it to you, but that's not what we're here for. But it says, When they found him on the other side of the sea where he went up into the mountain and got by himself, they found him again. And they said unto him, Rabbi, how in the world did you get over here? Whence comest thou? And Jesus, already knowing what's on their mind, already knowing what their thoughts are, God who's governed over the mind and the decision and the actions and the conduct and the behavior of everyone since the beginning of time, God can kind of know what's going on because He's seen our actions and behaviors all down through the reality of humanity. That's what will give Him the omnipotent uh, position in the book of Revelation because He's been presiding over all the experiences and the decisions of mankind from creation to present. So God's got a few experiences. This ain't his first rodeo, as we'd say. Everybody say he's been around the block. For God's sake, he made the block. Uh, not only has he been around it, he knows all about it. But anyway, Jesus answering them said, Well, truly, truly, 
Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me, not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. And you know that was a good, that was a, a, a very good fish fry. And you want to take me as an open cafeteria. You want me to take me as a meal ticket. And I am willing to be your meal ticket. He never said that I, I, I'm unwilling to feed you. But I need more than just being your cafeteria counselor. I just don't want to be the cafeteria of Jerusalem. I want to be uh, the bread of heaven. I want to be more. I want to be your spiritual food. And then I'll take care of your natural food. I want to feed you both ways. But if I can't feed you spiritually, feeding you naturally, you'll just get worse and worse and lazy and you'll get back into sinful things. That won't work. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life. Jesus would say earlier in this same gospel that he had meat to eat thereof that the disciples were not aware of. And his meat was to do the will of his Father. He said, this is the true meat of God that we live and witness like a Christian and we tell others what God's will is. That's real meat. We're all worried about the next hamburger. And he said, that doesn't matter. The real meat will produce your next hamburger, but the real meat you're to eat thereof is to know and to do the will of God. And he said, Which the Son of Man shall give unto you, for him hath God the Father sealed. He was sealed up to that point until they punctured him and they ruptured him on the cross. When they punctured that seal, that temple, when they punctured his side, and forthwith came the pathway of water and blood, the pathway back into the heart of God for the church, the bride to follow, the washing of water and the cleansing of the blood. That's our pathway back into the Father's heart. But he was sealed at that point. Then said they unto him, and here's the crux of faith with works, the spirit of understanding, it is the motivation and the inspiration of our doing. Then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? Well, if you don't want to be the, 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 the mobile fish fry, teach us how to do it. Jesus said, Guys, I will teach you, but I'm going to teach you the will of the Father, the spiritual food. Jesus answered and said unto him, This is the work of God, faith with works, that you believe on him whom he hath sent. That you believe on Jesus Christ, and then God will send you the motivational spirit in your spirit because you're born again, and you will have, that will produce the spirit of understanding. And when we understand how to do something, young men, ladies, then we go to do it. Many times a lady will go to a homecoming or a, a family gathering and she'll eat somebody's casserole or uh, somebody's dish and they'll say, oh, if I just knew how to make that. So they'll ask for the recipe. They'll get the recipe They'll read it. Their comprehension will go in. And then, especially Sister White, she's good at this. 
She'll read the recipe. She'll go to in her baking mind, the spirit of baking, because, uh, you know, she has a TV program, Baking with Michelle. And she'll think about that, and she'll say, I understand what they're doing. I know how to do that. And from the spirit of understanding, she'll be motivated, and she'll make the very same dish and may put a few of her touches on it. And not only was that good at the homecoming, but, oh, man, at the, father, at the family gathering, now she's got her own little touch, her own little psh, panache, her own little taste. That's why semi-homemade is what Diane does. She's excellent. She can take a, 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 a meal that other people take, just put her little extras in there, and all of a sudden a good meal went to a, wow, that was good. That's a wowzer. Holy mackerel. Let's have that again. Woo! I am your willing guinea pig. And I look like it too. I, I look like a Kevin pig. I'm not a guinea pig. But unfortunately, when I sit at Diane's table, whoo, that's good eating. Good eating, boys. We're eating good tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. Diane can uh, take a plain old hot dog and make you want to eat a dozen of them. I'll tell you right now. Uh, that's, that's the truth, boys. I'm telling you. They got that place up there in New York, uh, uh, those hot dogs. What do they call them? Uh, that place up there in New York. Help me out, Jacob, uh, where, where they have the hot dog eating contest every year. Uh, what, you know, the little red hot dogs. and uh, uh, Oh, I can't think of the place. It'll come back to me, though. This steel cage. The steel cage. My, my little man in my library says, We didn't think about that. Give us a chance to look it up. Well, they'll find it. You know, up there at, uh, uh, they had an outside park where, Coney, yeah, thank you, Coney Hot Dog. They have the Coney Hot Dog Outside Park Hot Dog Eating Contest. That's right. A dying can take a plain old hot dog, and when she gets done with it, you'll be ready to chunk down about 12 of them. You'll be sorry you did it, but your mouth will enjoy every moment. Your belly will be aching. You'll be sorry you did it, but your mouth will be saying, ah, let's do it again. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. I hope you hear what I'm saying. I hope that's what I do to sermons. That when you hear what I have to say, you say, that's so good, I wish you'd go on another hour. Oh, okay, maybe not. All right, anyway. Hey, I am trying, guys, right? I am trying. I mean, I'm putting it out there. So look at this. This is the work of God that you believe on Him whom He has sent. So then faith is motivational. The spirit of understanding comes upon you, and then God shows you how to do it, how to be a Christian, how to be a witness. Now, now I don't know if any of this was a revelation to you, but it was to me, because I didn't know how to serve God. I didn't know how to worship God. I didn't know how to lift my hands to God. What you take for granted was a revelation to me. I didn't know how to pray. I didn't know how to seek God. I didn't know how to ask God. I didn't know how to knock that it might be open. I didn't know how to seek that it may be found. Uh, I didn't know I could ask God anything, so I had asked Him nothing. But when He told me to ask Him, he asked for my life, 
and then he came into me, everything changed. Everything, the spirit of understanding would motivate me. God would give me the recipe of his word and I would read it and then the spirit of understanding would come upon me so that I would go do what he called me to do. I hope you see how this goes together. They're inseparably linked. That's why in this uh, uh, correlation I'm showing that faith with works and the spirit of understanding is how you get motivated in having your conscience purged, how you get inspired to go do what God called you to do. How do you go be a missionary in Africa? How do you do that? I want the spirit of understanding. I want to pray about it. And God shows me how. Romans chapter 2. Hope this is helping someone tonight. Romans chapter 2. Paul begins to speak of those people that have not judged others, not charged God foolishly, not stored up wrath in their hearts, but those of us who genuinely and sovereignly love God and want to serve God. You see, I'm a willing participant. I'm not doing this against my will. I'm not doing this as my obligation. This is my joy. My joy, I love God and He has loved me back. I am very motivated to show you what he's shown me because it has changed my life. And it says, and uh, again, we're going to read through this and get to the goody because we want to get to the goody. There is, a, there is a nice cherry right in the center of this cake and we want to get to it because it's good. Amen. To them, that's us, the believers, who by patient continuance and well-doing well, in well-doing what we seek for, glory and honor, immortality, yep, eternal life. You hit the nail on the head, that's me. You got my attention. And then you jump down to verse 10, glory, honor, and peace to every man that worketh good. To the Jew first, yes. And also to the Gentile. For there is no respect of persons with God. And then verse 13. For not the hearers of the law are just before God, but the doers of the law shall be justified. The doers. So you should have a spirit of faith towards God that produces a spirit of understanding that teaches you, motivates you, inspires you, purges your dead conscience to be alive and awake again, to serve, to be motivated to do what God called you to do. Very important. Very important that this happens. And we just, we think, people think they can take this for granted. If you miss this, you're missing God. And you're just a hearer and not a doer. And according to the Bible, the doers of His work, the doers are the ones that are justified. Well, you know that we must go to James. We cannot barely touch on this 
without going to the book of James. James. Curtis Kelly Wilson is with us tonight, so how could we not stop in into the book of James? Look at this, 122, James, the half-brother of our Lord Jesus, who did not become a follower or a disciple during the life and ministry of Jesus, only began to follow Jesus after the resurrection. He didn't make James a convert until after Jesus rose from the dead. Now, uh, boys, I'm just telling you, he said, uh, you... You can't top that. You can't beat that. Uh, I saw my I saw my older brother Jesus. He did a lot of things, and we questioned him and ridiculed him, and you know we were only half in, half out. But when he rose from the dead, when he died on that cross and got up three days later and showed himself alive for forty days and forty nights, that can't be beat. So if your family is not converted yet. Uh, stay on track with being resurrected. The more you get resurrected, the less they will be able to deny what happened to you. Because when Jesus rose from the dead, James said, Woo! That's a miracle! Glory to God. I, you should have liked that. that. I thought that was a good point right there. But anyway, it says, okay, tough crowd over there. Uh, anyway, it said, But be ye doers of the word... And not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Now he didn't say not to hear, because we know that Paul says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So we are to come to church and hear, because Isaiah said in chapter 50 verse 4, that God gave you the tongue, the ear of the learned, and what follows the ear of the learned is the tongue of the learned. These are the learned words of God. The learned, uh, revelation-filled words of God from a, a servant who has studied to show himself approved unto God, rightly dividing the word of truth so that you can know the certainty of the words of truth and grow thereby. So you have a learned ear, you hear, but you can't just hear. Coming to church and hearing this should build in a faith towards God that produces an understanding that will produce your deeds, your doings and your deeds, that they may be manifest that they were wrought in God. I did this because of God. Now other people of the world who don't think it's the right time or the right place or the right situation. They always have an excuse. They'll condemn you for obeying God. But you have to obey God against all their thoughts, all their statements. When it just wasn't the right time, wasn't the right place, uh, you know, I, I didn't want... Well, there's always something. I'm not ashamed of him or his word. And I believe you should be kind and long-suffering, gentle, in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. The servant of the Lord must not strive. If people of the world want to condemn you and shut it down, it's their loss, not yours. 
You keep obeying God. You keep being a witness and showing love. Even when they condemn you, God won't leave you. They may leave you, but God won't leave you. You may face wrath from man, but we're not appointed to a face to obtain wrath from God. God will love you. You may face their wrath and their punishment, but God's going to love you. God's going to take you in His everlasting arms. Amen. Amen, Pastor Keller. I know. Right there it is. But be you doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. You see, Titus warned us in the end of his first chapter, uh, 116, uh, uh, with their mouth they profess that they know God, but in works, in their doings, in their deeds, they deny Him being reprobate, and abominable and dead to every good work of God. Now they say they know Him, but they don't live like it. There's a lot of people who talk in word and tongue, but their deeds and their reality is far from what they say. Now James, in the second chapter, this is the spirit of understanding, because you have faith in God, the spirit of understanding comes upon you, and once you understand, that is the pathway to doing what God calls you to do. That you may manifest that your works were wrought in God. Manifesting that this was a thing of God. God is motivating me. God is the one who's inspiring me. My conscience has been, pure, been purged from dead works. And now, if I've been purged from dead works... I've been motivated into the spiritual works and doings and deeds of God. And James goes on to say in his second, second chapter, Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. So you say it, but you have no works. Well, sorry, that, that doesn't work. Real faith is real motivation. Real faith is real understanding. Real faith produces the Spirit of God that gives you the understanding and then inspires you, motivates you, awakens you, and purges your dark conscience, your dead conscience, into the living light and reality of working with God because He has works ordained that you should walk in them. That He's going to show you I'm with you, Diane. I am the Holy Ghost. I told you to say that. You may have to suffer wrath from man, but you do not. You are not appointed to obtain wrath from God. Whom should you fear more is what Jesus said. Him that can destroy the body and afterwards do no more, or him that can destroy the body and then cast the soul into hell. Well, I fear God more. So I can say tonight, he can take Vladimir Putin, destroy his body. I don't want his soul to go to hell, but he can put a stop him. Stop him in his tracks. Cut him off. Unplug him. Give him a stroke or something. God help him. Let darkness follow him. Make him stop these war crimes against these innocent people. I'm not for people murdering others. Amen. Thou shalt not murder is what the commandment said. Amen. Even so faith if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, but I have works. 
Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Look at that. Isn't that amazing? The fact that I am working shows that I'm a believer. The fact that I'm a witness shows that I'm inspired. I am illuminated. I've been converted. I'm awake. I have my conscience purged from darkness and dead works. And now I'm motivated to be a witness and a light. To show love and kindness and goodness. To tell people what has not happened in their life. What has not transpired. Something they long for. Something that they used to hope for. That God can make it happen. What's impossible with man is entirely possible with God. We kill people in our societal norms thinking that, oh, they're going to get offended. People are so offended they can't believe God anymore. Well, I'm the one that wants to believe God. What's impossible with people and societies and man is entirely possible with God. Somebody has to have that spark of faith and walk in and say, God is the answer. Everything else has failed? Good. This is the stage that my God, our God, the God, the true and the living God can step in and show what only He can do. Amen, Pastor Kello. Amen, man of God, calling things that are not as though they were. I thank God having and loving uh, 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 the, the, the language of life, uh, that the, the power of death has been in my tongue. But now that the power of life is in my tongue, I am awakened, I have a pure conscience, and I'm very motivated and inspired to speak the words of life, to call things that are not as though they were, to decree a thing and watch God establish it. And the Bible said, they that love this, they that understand this, the power of learned words, the power of what the ear has learned, of what the learned ear has has heard the Spirit of God say, has now come into a learned tongue. They that love it, they that understand the love of God demonstrating His ability, shall eat the fruit thereof. It produces good fruit. It produces the promises of God. It creates the benefits of healing and deliverance and salvation. It produces godliness, soberness, and righteousness in this present world. That's what we are called to do. We are His witnesses. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony. Hallelujah. And we love not our former life. I already buried my former life. I've already died to that life. I no longer live that life anymore. I buried him in a watery grave under the claim of the Holy Ghost. God claimed me as a son. And he asked for me to follow the pattern and the path that he had established for obedience. That the Spirit of God could come and rest upon me as it did Jesus. That I would grow in the wisdom knowing that being born again, the born again version of Kevin Kello was so much better than the dark version of the unsaved and the unrealized Kevin Kello who lived in sin, iniquity, and transgression. 
and it was a new beginning for me. And now as I move away from the uh, 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 laying again the foundation of repentance because of dead works, never really been guilty of that too much, to be honest with you. That's never been my real problem. My problem's always been doing too much. I've always been, mm, I, I'm way, ugh. I've had to learn to throttle, knock it back a notch, lads. Slow down a bit. I, I kind of run too fast, sorry. I've had to learn to not run ahead and, and, and set my pace from the one who sets the pace. I'm not the pace setter, God is. I, I, I've been in arguments with God. God, keep up, we've got a lot to get done down here. And God said, no, you slow down and get back in step with me. So you see, I've been on the other end. You know, I've been known to frustrate the grace of God, wanting God to do more than, than it was time to do. So I've had to, yeah. So anyway, I hope you still love me. I, I mean, if I'm going to preach to you, I've got to tell on me, I'm learning too. I'm right here with you, learning with you. I'm not a finished work. Even though Diane tries to finish me several times, but uh, 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 I, I'm still not a finished work. They told me when I married Dan, Diane, they said, well, you're finished. And I'm like, oh, God, don't I know it. Anyway, any, anyway, James said, chapter 2, verse 20 and 21, but wilt thou know, O vain vanity of men, vanity of vanities, just a prisoner of your own mind, a prisoner of your own thoughts, never bringing in better thoughts or higher thoughts or something greater than your own thoughts. Be not wise in your own conceits. You've got to find someone greater than yourself. And if you don't find someone greater than yourself on earth, you're not convincing me that you believe God's greater than you are up in heaven. If you can't even yield to that here on earth, how can you say you believe that of God? That God has greater thoughts than you do. Hmm. Challenge. Be provoked. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works? When he had gone up Mount Moriah, the mount that would turn into Jabus, that would be ultimately Jerusalem, amen, the higher mountain than that of Sinai, that's how high that mountain is, when he went up and offered Isaac his son upon the altar, seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled which saith. That's so beautiful. Uh, you can also read that again in Acts 26, 20. You've got to become obedient. Follow. You've got to understand the heavenly spirit that is wanting to change your life so that you can be motivated to have faith with works. And that is an awoken awareness. Your consciousness is back alive. Your consciousness is cut back on. You're seeing God as the creator of all things. God as the maker of all things. Amen. And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God, and that believing God 
that finished tense when he was going to plunge that knife into Isaac's heart, already knowing that he'd received him from the dead, that if he had to kill him as a sacrifice, God would then raise Isaac from the dead. He'd already judged God faithful. He'd already gotten uh, this son Isaac from the deadness of Sarah's womb who had come back into the cycle of life and childbearing and the deadness of his own body. In other words, God made his plumbing work again. Everything got cut back on. And for God's sake, he went from Isaac and had five more kids. He had a total of seven children. Woo! I mean, uh, Sarah's going to die. They're going to bury her. He's going to hook up with another chick. Her name's called Keturah. And they produce five more kids. I mean, Abraham is the father of a multitude. He got it going on, bruh. Anyway. That's what it says. Don't look hard at me. Welcome to adult Sunday school class. I mean, come on. He dies at 175 in a good old age. Anyway. I mean, God does good work. It sounds abundant to me. Abundant. Amen. And the scripture was fulfilled which saith Abraham believed past, finished, tense, completed. And this believed knowing that God could, that God would, that God was able, and he had already judged God faithful according to Hebrews chapter 11. And I can read it to you. That he'd received Isaac from the dead, the deadness of his own body, who against hope believed in hope. Mm-hmm. That, that Abraham. And it was imputed for relationship, faith in God, the understanding of God. And when the angel stopped him, the spirit of the angel said, God will provide himself a lamb for sacrifice. And he showed him over on the side that there was a ram caught in the thicket. He said, now don't offer Isaac. I just wanted to see if you would obey And because you've obeyed, there's a sacrifice right over there. Offer that ram. But I'm coming to do the work myself. And I will be the Lamb of God. And thus, the cousin of Jesus comes along and says that Jesus is identified as the real Lamb of God that Abraham prophesied that God would come as himself as. And that as and that is was Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. And because of this, he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. By works. And then let's don't leave out old Rahab. Oh, that's right. The the madam. Adult uh, warning, warning, adult language. Adult thoughts, adult themes will be presented in this sermon. Rahab, the harlot, you know, the lady of Jericho had been expelled from Egypt and now she's in an off city down there in Jericho. Uh, the madam of the city, any of you boys that want to hook up with a girl for a night, you've got to call her. She's the madam, that's right. She's the head prostitute of all the town prostitutes. That's who she is. When she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way and said, 
I'll do it, but you've got to make a covenant. I've heard the fame of you. I've heard about your God and what you did to the Egyptians. They kicked me out too, but you guys came out with a high hand. Your God has delivered you. And I'll just tell you what, I like being on the winning side, so I'm going to join your team. If I hide you, I'm going to throw a scarlet bed sheet out of my window of the corner of Jericho. And that means that you make a covenant for me and my family that I'll be saved when you come to overthrow Jericho. And they said, you got a deal. She said, okay, I'll hide you away. The soldier's going to come up here looking for you, and I'll hide you up here in my roof among my thatched roof where they can't find you. And she sent them out another way. She says, now go hide in the woods for three days because they're going to be looking for you. Don't, don't, go, don't, go, don't try to go straight back. They'll cut you off. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Faith without works. You show me your faith without your works. I'm going to show you my faith because of the way I live. What I'm inspired and motivated to be and to do and to say and to live and to love and to care and to pray. I'm not dead spiritually. My conscience has been purged. My conscience is alive again. My conscience is connected to my Father. As he said in Hebrews chapter 5. Amen. That uh, meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Even those who by reason of use have their conscience exercised. Their conscience is alive and it's exercised to know, intuitively know together with God, understand what He wants you to do. Now, I don't understand what He wants everybody to do, but at least I can understand what He wants me to do. That's important. Okay, I don't know what everyone else is supposed to do, but I do know where I'm supposed to be. Know what I mean, boys? I do know where I'm supposed to stand. Amen? I don't know what he's supposed to do. I don't know. Uh, no telling what God wants him to do. But I know what he called me to do. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. And this produces a faith with works, the spirit of understanding that motivates you to follow God that motivates you to see what He's asked of you, what He's changing in you, what He's bringing back to life in you, how He's raising you up. You should feel light coming on in your soul, that you have your senses exercised. Matter of fact, back up into Hebrews chapter 5, and let's read it. Let's read it. What, what precedes chapter 6. Strong meat. Strong meat. This ain't a little cup of Vienna sausages that are nice and soft. This is strong meat. This is a well-cooked steak. This is going to last for a while. You put this down in the old gullet, you're going to get some good protein out of it. It's going to stick with you. Praise God. This isn't an old cheap can of Spam he's offering you. It's strong meat. Good stuff. Venison. Praise God. Same thing the angel received as a sacrifice from Manoah and his wife when he gave them the promise of their coming son, Samson. Amen. Another sermon, but worth it. But strong meat, 514. Strong meat. Be strong, young men. Quit you like men. 
It's time to grow up and act like a man. Do what a man would do. Be responsible. Strong meat belongeth to them who are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses, their discernment, their awareness, their circumspection, fully awake, discerning, and that's astheteron, that is a consciousness that is united to the Father. That you know the Father's will and He knows yours. That y'all have become one in will. The spirit of understanding has come upon you. The spirit of faith that produces works. To discern both good and evil. And that's why it says in Hebrews 6, uh, verse 1, at the very last statement, the last one, two, five words, and of faith towards God. Faith that produces works, not, not laying again the foundation of repentance of dead works, but a faith that produces works. Amen. Very important. Now go back to John. John. And you'll see plenty of people all the time. With their mouth they profess that they know God, but in works they deny Him. Being reprobate unto every good work abominable and reprobate to every good work now if any man love John said if any man love my little children uh, John 3.18 uh-huh. try the spirits constantly trying the spirits See whether that's God telling me to do that or not. God motivating me to do that or God. God making me aware of something I'm supposed to do. God who has purged my conscience. 1 John 3.18 See, I know the recipe. So I know how to make the dish. I know how to serve this up. I know how to live this. I know the right temperature to cook it because it's been cooking, thank God, in the hearth of my heart. My heart is meditating and indicting. These are deeds that are wrought in God, manifest by God. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue. Just like the two people word and in tongue. I hear people say it all the time, but in what you do, your deeds, what's the finished product of your obedience? What is the result of you obeying God? What does it look like? What does it live like? Amen. So what is the real product? What is the end of your faith? What is the result of your lifestyle and you're living in the community. What do people know of you? Go ask the dry cleaner what he thinks of me. Go ask the people we buy our groceries from. Go ask the people in my community what they know of me. They know I'm a Christian. I'm a following believer of Jesus Christ. Praise God. The people that know me, you've you got no other choice. If you accept me, that's what you've got to accept. Or you're, you're not going to accept me. That's it. That's what you get when you get me. 
You can't get me without Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has made me what I am. I have no state of being. I have no sense of what I am without Him. My I am returned to me because of God. And that was through Jesus Christ, my Lord. My little children, let us not love in word or, or neither in tongue. Talk, talk, talk. Talk, 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 talk. Okay, we better get to the doing. Okay, if we don't get to the doing, you've lost me. I didn't talk about it all I want to. Uh, we need to get to the doing. Unless you've got something really uh, utilitarian to say and fundamental to say, we better get to the doing because I've heard all the talk I want. And the church is guilty of talk, 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 and nobody does, does, does. We learn to be a Christian in here and we live it out there. We're equipped in here, but we use our equipment out there. This is where I do my reloading. This is where I get my ammunition. This is where I get remotivated to do the will of God. But in deed and in truth. And hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before God. I pray this is getting through to you. I, I pray that you see this. Is God our motivation? Is the spirit of understanding the seven spirits of God that cycle through us continually through the seven fundamentals of faith towards God? Faith that produces works. As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. How can you understand with the Spirit of God and the fundamental works and then do nothing? That shows that your conscience, back to Hebrews chapter 9, has not been purged. But mine has. And that makes a big difference. Again, let me parse this out for you because it's worth it. In this chapter, you see the backdrop of the law and all the sacrifices and all the blood of bulls and goats and lambs and drink offerings and all that temple form and ceremony. But then the reality shows up and that is the but Christ moment in Hebrews 9 verse 11. But Christ, you got all this stuff, all this blood. Verse 8 said, the Holy Ghost was signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest. And the holiest of all was not the holy of holies of the tabernacle of Moses. The holiest of all is Christ in your heart. And that's where He came to live. Does He live in you? He lives in me. Jesus Christ has changed my life. What your mother has lived your whole life is real. God came into her heart. God came into Deborah's life. That's why I know you boys. Because she's a true follower. But Christ, not all this blood and form and ceremony junk, but Christ being come an high priest of good things to come. Hebrews 9.11, Brother Ben. By a greater and a more perfect tabernacle, not the one Moses built, he was the Word made flesh 
He was the original prototype in building of God. Uh, from that prototype, God made all the rest of it. Because we agreed to it. Not made with men's hands, this is to say, not of Herod's construction or the temple that took 40 and 6 years and they still weren't finished. And then down to the second half of verse 12. By his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained redemption. Verse 14. And that redemption says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit, offered himself without spot to God as God and for God and for judgment and here it comes have you been born again here's what it does purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God purge cleanse wash away make alive awaken Bring forth light. Cut back on. Enlighten. This is your motivation. This is the spirit of understanding that, that works the fundamental reality of faith towards God. Faith produces real inspired obedience to godliness, righteousness, and soberness. This is you willing to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. You're willing to give it up because you found a new and a better way. And He's given you the assurance. He's motivating you. Now, you will face wrath from man, but you are not appointed to face wrath from God. Men and people in society, I can already tell you, it's never going to be the right time, never going to be the right place, never going to be the right situation. They're always going to tear down how you said it and why you said it and when you said it and where you said it because they have no room for God. There is no right time for them. The timing lives in you. The inspiration lives in you. You have to pierce the darkness. You have to go ahead and speak. You have the learned words of God. From the learned ear comes the learned tongue. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. But hearing doesn't justify you. What has to happen is the spirit of understanding has to come on you and then what you've heard, He gives you the understanding to do it. He purges your conscience to motivate you, inspire you to live as a flame of fire. His ministers are as a flame of fire. And guess what fire likes to do? consume everything it gets around. You get in front of fire, you're getting consumed. Fire will get on you. These are the ministers of the Lord. That's why no matter where I go or what I do, I'm a witness. I'm a witness. I'm a witness of all things that pertain unto God. All things. Now I may not speak to all things, but I'm open to it and I'm willing to learn and be taught. I pray tonight that this third Spirit of God, the resting Spirit of God, 
the wisdom spirit of God, the understanding spirit of God, the resting spirit of perfection, the wisdom of the spirit of not laying again the foundation of repentance, the uh, spirit of understanding, of faith towards God that produces godliness is with you tonight. So we love you. we got four more to go. Four more to go. This is what you should be filled with so that seven more unclean things don't take their place. This is what you're supposed to be filled with. The seven spirits that are on the candle of the menorah. The seven illuminations that fundamentally cycle through you, that make you what you are. This is God moving in your life. So I love you today. Thanks, boys. Good audience. Appreciate you. Love you both. Even if your body language says otherwise. But I love you today. God bless you. Amen and amen.